Well, we're back again. It's Danny Howell with, uh, I think, episode number 24, Tales from Southern Indiana, starting to not realize I had all this many stories. The uh, uh, I've gotten myself all the way to college at uh, Indiana University in Bloomington, the heart of Southern Indiana, and a uh, place where people came from different states and really not sure why they came. I asked somebody once why they came out there from New Jersey, and they said, well, I read about it in National Geographic. <laughs> Wanted to come out and spend time with the natives. At any rate, um, and it was still a pretty country place, even though the university was big. Ten miles away, there was a fur trapping market every Saturday in Spencer, Indiana. Uh, not far from where uh, I had a uncle who at some point in his uh, later years went just a little bit off and uh, decided he would start shooting cars that drove by with his rifle which actually was an arrestable offense, uh, even in Spencer, Indiana. So, the time I got to college, and by the time I stopped uh, uh, being curious about how I'd ended up in such a big place so much, I realized I needed to have a part-time job. And so I got a job at a uh, uh, fast food restaurant, the name of which I'll refrain from using. But... uh, it was kind of a typical job that you'd get as a, I think I was 19 years old then. Um, do nasty work, you have grease all over you and sticky ice cream and whatnot. At the particular place that I worked, uh, you, you couldn't drink anything during your shift, <laughs> water or anything else. So we all were uh, uh, hopping up and now to try to get to go out and clean the parking lot because we could find maybe a half-filled Coca-Cola somebody thrown out and drink that. And, uh, and, and I worked there, I think I was, I was hired at 80 cents an hour. And it wasn't all that pleasant. We had five supervisors, a manager and four supervisors underneath them. And after I'd been there about a month and a half or so, they all quit, all at once, they all quit. And the owner uh, sat down with me and he said that uh, he would pay me a dime more an hour to be the manager. And being an idiot, which I think is not that uncommon at 19 years old. I said, sure. It turned out there actually is more to managing a a fast food restaurant than might appear uh, at first glance. Um, Things break, people uh, act up and quit or need to be fired or whatnot. Um, And uh, angry customers need to be dealt with, uh, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I was ill-equipped to do any of that. The uh, owner called the shots in terms of how we handled the marketing and various decisions uh, about the operation of the place, and he would decide when we had sales. And one time, he decided we would have a hamburger sale, and he priced the hamburgers probably a little bit too low, because with about an hour and a half left before the restaurant closed, I had to call him and tell him, look, I'm not sure what to do here. We we are running out of hamburgers. In five minutes, we're going to be out of hamburgers. We don't have any more. He said, oh, yes, we do. He said, go way, way, way in the walk-in cooler. Go way, way in the back, way, way in the back, all the way to the corner. There's 10 boxes stacked up there, hamburgers, frozen hamburger patties. So I went back, and there were 10 boxes back there. I'd never seen them before. I opened the top box, and all the hamburger patties had a big green circle in the middle. And that was true of every single box. And I, I told the owner, he, he said, just cook them real good. And so that's, uh, that's how we finished out the night that time. The, um, it was difficult to uh, try to keep in line the folks who worked on the shift. It turns out 
One thing that I had to learn the hard way was people do not do things for you as a supervisor because you tell them to. They have to do them because you make them think they want to. So telling them was what I was trying to do and it didn't work very well. One night, uh, the entire shift had decided to um, have a fight with um, banana knives. This really ought to have been in the Knife Fighter episode, I guess. And they were all throwing these banana knives at each other. Now, banana knives weren't all that sharp. They just needed to cut bananas. But still, I uh, couldn't get them to stop. And so finally, I, my plan was I would pick up banana knives until I had gathered all of them and they had no more knives to throw. Well, I was reaching around in the various places the knives went on the floor. And one of them went between these two cooler cabinets. And it took quite a reach to get to the knife. and. Between the two cooler cabinets was an electrical cord, and it was connected to a cone dip warmer unit on top of one of the cooler units that held two five-gallon grams of, uh, two five-gallon buckets, I guess, of hot cone dip. Now, cone dip, if you stick ice cream cone in it real quick and pull it out, if you do it, if you don't do it right, the entire ice cream falls into the cone dip can, which is not good. But if you do it right, the cone dip hardens because of the cool temperature of the ice cream. And you have a, a I can't remember what they called it anymore. I didn't actually think it was that good, but a lot of people seem to like it. At any rate, I'm reaching to get over this cord and get to this knife, and I can't quite do it. And I reach a little farther and a little farther, and I don't realize I'm pulling on the cord. Finally, I pull the cord enough so that the entire cone dip warmer unit falls over and the can of cherry cone dip falls on my head. And then I stand up and I got my foot stuck in the bucket. And so I'm standing there with all this red goo streaming down me and, you know, the cone dip hardens at room temperature. And so I really was turning into some sort of a, of a bad Halloween costume, but it did stop everybody from having uh, banana knife fights because they thought it was so hilarious to see. So we did that sort of thing, and uh, I remember another time we had we had a couple of guys who worked who I kind of became friends with. They were you know kind of big goofy guys, and they didn't react the way other people might to normal events. Sometimes one of them was working the grill, and at this particular restaurant. The grill where you cooked hamburgers it was not a regular sort of steel grill. It was a grill that had big pans of water underneath it. The water would heat up, the steam would cook the hamburgers. But over a course of a busy shift, the water would gradually evaporate and be replaced with grease, which is flammable. And at some point, uh, I'm watching, and the fellow who's working the grill, his uh, apron is caught on fire. And I say, hey, Steve, your apron's on fire. And he looked down, and he said, oh, and he takes the spatula and starts beating himself with it until he puts the fire out. That seemed like the solution to him. Another time, he and I were out changing the sign, a way big high sign with the plastic letters on it, and you use a long grabber to get them. And it takes quite a while to grab each one of those letters and break, let go of it and then go get the next letter. And Steve thought it might be quicker if we just took the grabber thing and swept back and forth on the rows of letters and knock them all off and let them fall down to the pavement. Of course, the problem was they were they were plastic, and they all busted when they hit the ground. And um, so he said, well, now, 
He said, look, you know, this is all right. We still have several of them that are not broken. I said, yeah, but now we can't spell the special word that we have to use here, you know, about our product. And he said, well, we can if we misspell it. So there you go. That was my introduction to working for, working for a living for actual employment. And uh, it, uh, it wasn't a good start probably, but uh, certainly created some disturbing memories. Glad to share them with you. Hope you're doing good. Talk to you later. Thank you.